Maryland postgame, prop bet results, and we try to make sense of who this Ohio State team really is. All that next coming up on Dotting the Eye with Davis and Chad. What's up, Buckeye Nation, and welcome to Dotting the Eye with Davis and Chad. This is episode 26, so we are moving right along, and it has been one heck of a week, both professionally for us and also in the football world. What do you think, Davis? Yeah, just like to give a shout out again to the OHIO podcast. Um, we had Aaron Brown on our episode uh, last week, and he did an amazing job and gave us some great insight that we don't typically give, uh, you know, from a different perspective. And then uh, they were as kind to let us um, kind of feature a little bit on one of their episodes. So if you haven't got a chance yet, go ahead and check out the OHIO podcast. Um, I know they're on Facebook. They have a webpage where a lot of their episodes are on there. And they're on all the same major streaming services that we're on as well. But we definitely featured on their last episode, and uh, it was actually a lot of fun. Man, I had a great time, dude. Just getting to get on and talk with some people that we don't usually talk to about Buckeye football. I mean, any day you're you're sitting around talking about Buckeye football, in my opinion, is a good day. So I do appreciate that. Plus, I mean... Everybody knows they've heard the backstory. Uh, that's kind of our background. You know, that's kind of how we started this thing was them helping us out, them pointing us in the right direction. So it's good to pay homage. Um, it's good to finally, you know, get to be with those guys. And, you know, like like Davis said, man, you get a chance to check them out. Uh, they got great content and uh, and you won't be disappointed. I promise. So let's go ahead and move along. Um for those of you that have listened to us to this point, we, we've kind of been about a one episode per week kind of thing during uh, the normal season. And ideally, we'd like to have two episodes a week. One is more focused on the review of the previous game, and then we can bring up some interesting points. And the more interaction that we get online, we can actually start incorporating questions and more user input with some of the material that we provide you guys. But uh, the second episode then is going to be more focused towards, you know, the preview of the upcoming game, um, expectations, prop bets, things like that. So we're going to try to move along with that and keep somewhat of that schedule for the remainder of the year. Now, I have a kid due here in like literally almost a month. Paternity so, is pending. Yeah, don't. I hope she doesn't listen. Actually, I know she's not going to listen. <laughs> she already told me. I was going to say. Listen. Yeah, Neither one of our wives listen to this. I don't know. No, and I know she won't. She literally looks at me. And she's like, I hate podcasts. And I'm like, OK, well, I can probably say whatever I need to say and get it off my chest here. And <laughs> but um, the goal is to uh, to a week, try to shorten them up a little bit, make it a little bit easier for you guys to kind of keep in touch with us and uh, stay kind of into the main points that we're kind of providing. But um, I think it's going to be a happy meeting for both, uh, you know, us, me and you being able to kind of you know, still riff and get our information out there, but also for the listeners to kind of, I guess, stay on task with what, because we, we get off task real easily. Yeah, we're doing it right now. Let's get to Buckeye football. Yeah, blah, 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 blah. Go ahead, tell them. Blah, 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 Buckeye football. So, okay, so let's let's just start off real, real simple. Tell me what was your initial reaction following the game this past Saturday? I was actually pleasantly surprised. Um I'm not going to lie, I had a little bit of a weary feeling hoping we would keep progressing. But there might have been like a little part in the back of me that was like, you know, maybe that was like a one-time deal with Stroud and we're kind of overreaching. Like, can he repeat that, you know, effort he had against Rutgers? Can we actually, um, you know, 
continue to actually get better instead of either, you know, staying put or kind of taking a step back. And man, did we take another step forward in a big way? Oh, yeah, dude. You could see it from from snap one, dude. Like I like we talked about a million times, man, the attitude of this team has just changed so much in such a short time the last couple of weeks. And to me, CJ Stroud is the key to that. Yes, Trey John Henderson's going to get his. Yes, all the receivers are going to get theirs. But when C.J. Stroud is on point, this team can be something special. And I think that's the difference. And I think that's the difference while having him on the field. And like, you know, I was the, the biggest proponent of not having, having him on the field in the first part of the season. But I think I'm way over that. I'm on the C.J. Stroud bandwagon, and now I'm just really kind of wanting to see what exactly is this kid's ceiling. Yeah, and I know the argument is like, okay, well, the competition that he's played the last couple games is not you know, been the greatest. And is this really truly what CJ Stroud can be? And I, I asked you this to literally go back and watch some of the highlights and watch some of the throws. And they did a really good job during that Maryland game of actually breaking down and going back and replay and kind of showing when he's releasing the ball, how he's anticipating routes. And that right there shows you that not only is he making good throws and anticipating routes, but the receivers and everyone is on the same page. Like that one that he threw to Olave where he was wide open, he threw that before he was even past the defense or maybe right when he was getting ready to go past the defense. And to us, by the time the camera pans over in real time, it looked like, oh, he's wide open. Of course he can hit that. But man, that was that was a time throw. And so Dude, was one the of one to favorites. Garrett Wilson. I love when they're in man, we line up in trips and that passed Olave right over the middle. Not a soul around him. I love those kind of plays, dude. That's football to me. That is so hard to defend as a defense. I, I love it. Yeah, and I th- that's the thing. The play calling, I, I, I enjoy. It's it's funny that he Ryan Day has kind of been a lot more pass happy than I guess maybe what we would expect. Even if Stroud is kind of getting to his own, you would expect more of a 50-50 draw. But I think it's not it's not always going to be like a 50-50 draw. I think he's going to kind of play the way that is going to be more of a strength for us. So if they're going to be playing more people in coverage, you might see more run plays or more um, I guess, you know, zone concept receiving when they're dropping that many people, they're most likely going to be playing a zone concept. So you're going to have to have certain plays that uh, will work well against that style of defense. So it's not always going to be just spreading it out and throwing it all around the field. It might be a little this dink and dunk underneath and let the athletes kind of, you know, get the extra yards after the carry or after the, you know, the reception. So I think it, it I, I do like the play calling, though. So I agree. I like the trips look that they do. And back to CJ in his passing in regards to these last two teams. I mean, if you really look at the throws he's making, he's throwing darts. He's, you know, the timing is good with these throws. Now you're not seeing these overthrows like you saw in the first handful of games. I I don't think you're seeing it maybe at all. I I just, it's almost crazy. Like I, I know he had that quote unquote, you know, break for his arm and we all believe it's a middle break and everything. And I know we're beating a dead horse by continuing to talk about this, but it's almost amazing to me. It's almost like a click of a finger and he's a completely different person. And if this is the person we're really going to get, I mean, this season could end up being pretty special. Man, I'll tell you what else is going to make it special is everybody losing. I mean, every time I turn around, it's down goes Frazier. Down goes Frazier. You know what I mean? We turned around and Alabama loses by a field goal the other night, which, by the way, just was so sweet. It just made me it filled my heart with joy. I, I did. Slept, I, I, slept I slept good that night. Oh, yeah, I, I slept, slept with a smile. Night. Oh, yeah. yeah. But, you know, the thing is, dude, the more that that's happening, the more this picture in college football is starting to open up for us. It's opening up even more. And now it's like, you know, I come from two weeks ago thinking, man, there's no way we're going to be a top 
10 football team at the end of the year. And now here we are, man, in just a few short weeks because of things that have happened, both positive for us and negative for others, that we're right back in the college football playoff picture. And, dude, that is exciting as a Buckeye fan. It is. And it's funny because if you listen to our other podcast, probably no more than about maybe two or three episodes ago, we were not only not even bringing up the college football playoff, we were bringing up the fact that we need Kerry Combs' head on a platter and this is unacceptable. And we should, you know, we, we're Ohio, we're the Ohio State. We should not be witnessing this kind of product on the field. And it's crazy in a little bit of a short amount of time, which I will be honest, I've been more than one glass half full on this and said, give them a chance. Let's kind of go on this journey and see where it goes. But they're really, it's almost kind of like, you know, if we can keep this up, I don't know how Ohio state could be left out of the college football playoff, especially with the schedule that's in front of us and who we're getting ready to play. And the crazy thing is, I mean, out of nowhere, boom, we're the number one offense in the country in regards to yards per game. We're averaging over 560 yards per game. And we're like third in the nation in points per game at 48 and a half. The defense is not in the basement anymore. They're at least kind of getting themselves back up to the middle of the pack. They're only averaging about 20 yard, or 20 points per game now, and it's getting better. So we're definitely an elite offense. And all we have to do with an elite offense is have a, a semi-productive defense. And that's still a recipe for a national championship run. It is, but you know what? I just don't feel like... You know, as we get into the meat of this Big Ten schedule, we're not going to be able to impose our will like we are right now. I mean, we're not. I just got to be. Are you sure? Yeah. Are you sure? Yes, I am. Dude, we're not throwing up six. We're not throwing up sixty-six points on Michigan. Well, I'm not saying sixty-six points, but you don't think we could throw up thirty plus on all these teams? Yeah, but is that going to be enough? Is it going to be? I mean, have you seen? Have you seen the offenses for these other teams? Michigan State's offense. I know, but have you seen the defense in the first couple games for our team? But I mean, we're we, no, we really we're don't not know. that same team anymore. Though. I but thought you, we had established but you gotta agree that. With me. You're right, but you have to agree with me on this. We have not been fully tested yet. We have not. Yes, the defense has improved over a couple of weeks. Good, great, grand, wonderful. Okay, but we're talking about Maryland. We're talking about Rutgers. We're talking about Akron. We're not talking about Penn State, Michigan State, and Michigan. Those are three completely different animals, dude. And as much as I want to believe in this stuff, you can't tell me that they just woke up one day and remembered how to play defense. Yes, they're improving, but am I all the way sold on this defense yet? No, and I think if you are, you're crazy. I agree, and I'm not saying I'm sold on the defense. Like, this is, you know, I did, I know we're trending better. It makes me feel more comfortable that the offense is clicking better, and I think we're going to continue to see that. I think maybe when we get more to the meat of the schedules where you're going to see more of a running game, and that's going to help open up the pass game. But you mean to tell me that it's you keep saying we need to be tested. So what happens then if we get to Penn State and we blow them up by 30? Like that was supposed to be a test, right? But are they really getting tested by winning by 30? Are you talking about they just need a close game and be able to pull out a close, grueling game against a good team? Well, you see what I'm saying? I, yeah, I think it's a little bit of both, really. Penn State. So do you do you want us to be in close games at this point? And would you feel more comfortable seeing us in a close game and then pull it out, or would you rather us just not sit, uh, you know, sit with these teams and? you know, be up by multiple scores at halftime and end up beating by 20 or more because I, I really think, feel like we're capable of doing that to all three of these teams. Well, I don't think a test is is relative to the score, okay? I think we can go into a Penn State, to a Michigan State, to a Michigan and play a really good football team and win by two or three scores and still be tested defensively, still have different and better players to go against, different schemes to go against, better than we're used to seeing. That's still a test. I'm not saying we need to go in and win by a field goal in, in with three seconds left to go on the clock to be tested. I'm saying we need to play better, 
quality opponents to be tested. Yeah, then that's fair. I will believe. That's fair. I mean, I, I I get it, and I was just kind of saying from a standpoint, like you know, you're you're always just going to be that guy that's still glass half empty, and you're always going to be like, I need to see it before I believe it. And me, I've been I'm, hurt. listen, I have been too, but I'm the one that it's like I can't break up with it. My CDs are still in his car, you know. Like <laughs> I'll take this abuse for four or five more years, and then we'll see where we're at. Like, sorry, this is a Dan Cook reference, but I I understand where you're coming from, but. I'm just, and, and I'm beyond hopeful. I'm like getting to where like I'm really seeing what this team could really be capable of. And I mean, Maryland actually had a pretty good defensive line, to be fair. Um, they've had statistically really good stats uh, uh, with the defensive line. They were up there, top, one of the top na- in the nation in sacks. And I don't think they got to Stroud once. And the one thing they did do a little bit was they made the the running game tough. But I thought that was one of the best things that could have happened to Travion Henderson was to struggle to get these yards and realize that he he can't just, you know, plow people over. Because I think that's one thing. If, if you really watch some of these other games, Travion Henderson would kind of lo- really lower his head and really fight for extra yards, which is great. But I think he got knocked a couple of hard times Um especially in that Rutgers game where he ended up coming out. And then you saw him like one of the first opportunities he had, like, you know, after he finally broke like a 10, 15, 20 yard run against Maryland, he had the chance to cut it upfield and make some contact, maybe gain an extra couple of yards. And he immediately just went out of bounds. Like, you know, they're almost kind of telling him, Hey, listen, we know you're good. We know you're capable of this. We know you're a strong runner, but you've got to preserve yourself for the season and stop taking all these hits. So I think a mixture of maybe he had a little bit of that mindset going in Maryland, but also mixing that with, you know, it's a better defensive line, probably one of the better ones, better ones we've seen. Um, it was good. And he still struggled and still what gained over a hundred yards. Yeah. Um, I'll put it like this. You know, I, I feel like his, his dominance really wasn't fully there. Like it has been, I think finally, you know what I mean? It's kind of like Travion Henderson. Don't get me wrong. Okay. He's brilliant. Awesome. Probably going to be in the Heisman talk at the end of the year. But I think it was kind of like a little bit of a coming down to earth for him. Okay, like like you said, you can't run over everybody. I'm sorry, you just can't. Not in this league. There's just too many good athletes, man. And there's just too much of a risk of getting hurt. And I feel like, yes, he 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 kind of had, I wouldn't say a down week. I'm just saying he had a little less of a week than he has had in the last couple of weeks. But, dude, we need that. He needs that, dude. You have to be humbled. He can't just think he's going to go out there and run for 175 yards and four touchdowns on everybody. You know what I mean? This is what it takes. It takes this to progress, to be a better football player in the end. And, yeah, I think we had uh, – I can't remember what we had. Something like 160-some rush yards or something like that on the day, which I felt was kind of low. I didn't see it really – I kind of thought we'd be a little bit more balanced than we were. I think we were, what, like 430 or 425 or something like that passing and like 160 rushing. But I kind of didn't see it going that way. But I'm glad that it did, dude. I really am because I think it's important for Travion, kind of like it was important for CJ, to kind of just wrap get a your little head bit around this situation. Yeah, we'll just like, get a little bit of adversity and learn how to build from that and be better for it. Exactly. Like, and 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 I think he's going to take that to heart when we get into a little bit more uh, strength of schedule here. Right, and I think one of the reasons, too, why there was more passing yards than rushing yards as well is because, you know, the coaches did their homework, and they knew where Maryland's weaknesses were, and it was a lot more in the backfield. Um, And it showed because we pretty much got all we wanted to in the passing game. 
and you kind of just kept running the ball to kind of keep the offense or the defense honest. You know, it really is what it looked like. Everything was kind of built around the passing game, but it was there. You know, the next game, they may drop eight into coverage, and then you know what you're doing? You're running all day. So, it, you know, it, a lot of it also has to do with finding the weaknesses in the defense where we think we can exploit those. And, you know, I think we're we're A-plus, in my opinion, on whether it's passing game or running game, or at least A-plus capability. So I don't think we can go wrong either way. So I think whenever we're seeing predominantly one over the other, it's game plan for that specific team. It's not necessarily a conscious effort that, hey, we got to run more of this game. Um, no, so that, I, that's kind of my take. Yeah, I think it's kind of a little bit of an attribute to Ryan Day and adjusting to the game plan as it's going on. And I think that's what you have to have to be successful. I mean, you do. You can't just come in with a solid game plan and decide, okay, today we're running the ball. And that's the end of it. Like you got to give what they t- or you got to take what they give you, right? At the end of the day, and I think that's what Ryan Day is doing, and that's why I think you're seeing this. We've had a couple of games where we just run like crazy. We've had a couple of games where we just pass like crazy, and you know, I think we're going to continue to see that as we go along. But one of the stats I wanted to bring up, Davis, and I brought this up on the OHO podcast, is the fact that dude, we we didn't punt the ball. Not I know, one that's time. crazy, right? Yeah. That's that's crazy, dude. And you know what's for an funny entire that, game for an it, entire it didn't game even occur even, to me. Yeah, even in with backups in. Yeah, dude, that's an amazing stat. Are you serious? Like, I thought about that. I was like, man, that has to be. Sure, we you know we can ramble off all these stats, but to me, that was the most impressive one we had. You want to know a good stat? And I'm just pulling this right off the top of my dome here. Uh, you know how many points we scored the last two years combined against Maryland? No. Pretty sure it's been uh, 139 points. It was, I believe, 73 la- uh, two years ago. And then last year we didn't play them because they got the game canceled because of COVID. And then this year. And those were the last two years um, removed from that game that we were at Maryland and had to win in, in what, overtime? Double overtime? Single what was overtime? the number again? Uh, well, we scored 73 points on them two years ago and 66 this year. So 139 See, I, points. I really feel like we left something on the field there. We sure did. We we did because, <laughs> listen, we, we had what? We had 50-some points after the first five minutes of the third quarter. So, yeah. and that, and CJ went out, and at that point, things definitely slowed down, you know? I mean, the only reason we scored that last touchdown was because we had a pick six, which might I mention was the fourth straight game that we've done that in five out of less six games. So even though this defense has struggled in spots, I'll tell you what, that's more pick sixes than I can recall in previous years that a defense has had. What about you? Yeah. I mean, I agree and I'm not trying to bag on this. You know, I'm not dude. First of all, that's unheard of. It's probably not going to happen again for quite a while that we have a streak like this going on, but you know, we haven't exactly played Dan Marino. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but you been, gotta understand, man. Listen, I, there's been I know some deflections. There's been some circumstances. You're, that you're lead trying to, to compare. Listen, you can't compare every game like we're playing Alabama or whatever elite team that you might be running into this year. I can't say Clemson more because that's just pathetic this year. But you know, that's everyone in college football. All these other teams, they're not playing elite teams week in and week out. You know, they're playing a lot of. Just whoever you got on the schedule. So, yeah, I understand it's not the best competition, but still, there's got to be positives that you're taking away from even the skill level we're playing and still showing what we're doing. Because, like I had mentioned in the OHIO podcast, is we literally scored, like, I think the first seven, eight consecutive drives were touchdowns. 
And that's almost unheard. That's perfect football. And that's almost unheard of because even if you play like an FCS school or, you know, one of your group of five teams that aren't very good and you still may put up 50, 60 on them, you're not going to be that efficient. At some point you're going to make mistakes. Our penalties were way down in Maryland, which really helped us, you know, stay ahead of the, uh, the chains and keep moving the ball. Uh, Stroud was super efficient. I mean, some of what, I think the, his first two or three incompletions were based on drops that should have been caught to begin with. You know, I don't care what the opponent is. You're seeing that kind of efficiency and that percentage of touchdown to uh, drive. That's that that's like almost mind blowing. Like even Fields, this this is upwards of what Fields was production wise, and maybe even a little bit better to an extent. Yeah, I agree, dude. I I just try to. I try to pride myself on not making being, being season long. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that too. Sorry. But not making season long decisions off of game scenarios, if that makes any sense. Off of single game scenarios. So I'm not trying to make a judgment for the entire season based on what I saw in one game. I'm trying to let everything marinate. Because you know what I did? I already made a mistake this season. I jumped the gun on CJ Stroud. I was up on the roof of my house. I wanted to jump off. I was wrong. And you know what? I'm trying not to make that same snap judgment, even if it's for the positive. I'm still not trying to make that snap judgment anymore going forward this year. That's why I'm saying about the defense. Do I love the fact that we've been tearing it up? I mean, Steel Chambers, Simon, Eichenberg, Hickman, everybody had over five tackles. I think Williamson, uh, I think Mitchell had some tackles too. Anyways, long story short, we were making some good tackles. We got another interception and we played another good game of defense. But I'm not going to judge this defense for the rest of the year yet. I'm not ready. I'm taking it a little bit at a time. I agree with that. And don't sit here and think that I'm saying that, oh, you know, we're these world beaters now and no one's going to be able to touch us. Uh, This whole time I have been very consistent in saying if we continue to play at the rate we have been and continue to improve, that's what I'm basing my expectations for the rest of the season on. Because we're at the halfway point now. We played six games. I mean, it's crazy to think that literally half the regular season is already done. And I think the reason why it feels like it came up so quick is because we really haven't had uh, hit the meat of our schedule yet. Yeah. Because um, we haven't even hit Penn State yet, Michigan State, which is going to be on the road this year, Michigan that's going to be on the road this year, and back-to-back weeks. And uh, if potential you think about Big it, Ten dude, championship game. I was thinking about it the other day. I go – you know what? Like, in all honesty, Ben Davis has to be a bigger Ohio State fan than me. And I thought, I mean, it just has to be. And I got to thinking about it. I was like, why is that? And I thought, because his hair is actually shaped like the stadium. <laughs> That's bullcrap. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, been, so it has to be. You've been holding that one in the pocket for a while? I've been, dude, I've, I've been waiting to release this in the chamber. And I thought, you know what? This would be a great time to do it. You know what I mean? Like, if anybody knows the horseshoe, it's Ben Davis. Okay. <laughs> kind of mean, but, you know. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to be honest, dude. I owe you a little bit of payback for the OHO podcast. Um, yeah, you were wailing I, on me pretty good there for a I while. I did a little bit, yeah. I, I got you a few times, which was fair. But it's I'll, all listen, fair. I'll, I'll give you that one. But that's why the I use the Bic razor so I can get rid of that hairline. So, <laughs> all right, real well, quick, man. Let's talk. Prop, let's talk prop bets from last week. Yeah. So, um, basically, we it, for those of you who don't know or might be first time listeners, me and Chad do three prop bets every week. In preparation for the upcoming week, we're not going to give our new prop bets for um, 
the upcoming game in two weeks against Indiana. Um, that'll come in time. But we're going to go ahead and recap our prop bets from last week. Uh, and basically, we pick three prop bets and the, the best out of three, whoever wins that. And normally, there's something on the line. Um, usually, maybe something small, sometimes a little more interesting. Um, as of right now, uh, what are we at on the season going into this one? I think I had won four and you had won one. Yes. I believe that was right. Not anymore. And no, not anymore. I have risen so, from the dead. <laughs> so you still haven't paid up on one on the the two weeks ago we where owe you one. owe me a picture of a sign and you got to hold up a sign saying whatever I want it is for you to say. And that's coming and that will get put on the Facebook page. So if you want to see it, we're not going to tell you on here. You've got to go to the Facebook page and check out that photo. But the bet this week for the loser is the loser has to take a picture wearing whatever the other person wants you to wear. And that picture has to go up on the page as well. Well, unfortunately, I did not whoa, come whoa, out whoa, on whoa, top whoa. this week. Unfortunately. For unfortunately? me. For me. <laughs> no, very fortunately, you didn't come out on top this week because the world is going to want to see what I have prepared for them. Yeah, it's listen, after you told me I did cuss you, but. Listen, for those of you who don't know, the prop bets we made was, do we think Maryland's going to get 300 yards or more of offense? I said over, Chad took the under, it was over. And I don't even think that part was close. But I was actually feeling a lot more confident about these other two, and it would maybe that last pick six cost me, but we had defensive sacks set at one and a half. Chad took the over. We had more than one sack. I mean, we, we definitely looked pretty good there. Uh, turnovers was at one and a half and going up to the last four minutes of the game, we had only had that one interception and then we got that pick six and that ended up costing me the prop bet. So I owe Chad a picture of me wearing whatever it is he wants me to wear. And that photo will be on the Facebook page. Yes, it will. Um, we want to get those up this week. So be on the lookout for those for sure. But uh, yeah, definitely. And don't forget, like I said, later this week, we'll be putting out another episode. I mean, we want to do two every week. So we'll be putting out another episode and try to uh, stay consistent on that. And we'll give you the prop bets for the next week and also, you know, our expectations for the upcoming games. Um, obviously, we have a bye week this week. So, yeah, we might actually get creative with an episode somewhere in the middle. We haven't done one of those since we were waiting for the season to start pre-COVID. Um, and we kind of did some interesting topics. So I think it might be a good opportunity to maybe do something where we give our overall first half synopsis of the season and do something interesting. I mean, we might even take some suggestions if people want to post things on our Facebook Absolutely. page. Absolutely. Man, if you guys out there are listening and you want to hear us do an episode on something or you, you think of a topic or a question, put it on here, man. We'd be glad to address it on the podcast 100%. And, you know, we'll give you props for it when, when we do. You know, that that's the kind of stuff we want. We want whatever interaction you're willing to give. Absolutely. And we also normally give props to we do our uh, score predictions on there. Uh, it was my bad. I completely forgot about this week and didn't post it till like literally Saturday morning. So we only had two people that kind of gave a score prediction. I think our buddy Chaz might have been closest again, but there was like two predictions on there. So I will try to get those out um, by no later than sometime Friday and give you guys a full 24 hours to get on there, put a score prediction for the upcoming game. And usually the closest one, we'll go ahead and give a shout out on the next episode. Yeah, 100%. And um, real quick, man, before we get off here, I think we should talk about one more thing before we close this out. And that is just what a what a wonderful time in history that this is. And I, I would be remiss if I didn't say something about this, but 
there are five Big Ten teams in the top ten for the first time ever in history. How do you feel about that? Well, four of those five are all in the same division, which would be the yeah. Big Ten East. So this right now is being regarded as one of the most difficult divisions in college football. And I think the bad part of that, though, is that we're all going to end up facing each other. So we're not going to finish the year all being in the top 10. So it's good that the strength is there, that if you get through that gauntlet and get to the Big Ten title game with one or fewer losses, I think that's almost going to assure you a spot in the CFP. Even if you have an undefeated Cincinnati and there's an undefeated Oklahoma and you got one loss Georgia or undefeated Georgia, one loss Alabama, I think you come through the Big Ten East with zero loss or one loss, win the Big Ten, That's that's got to be a guarantee. So that helps. But again, like I said, you know, it's going to chew each other up in there and you may have one team left standing. And at that point, we kind of need Iowa to keep doing good. So that way, that's going to be another quality win down the road. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I kind of wanted, maybe I'm in the minority here, but I wanted Penn State to win that game because we're going to get Penn State. I wanted an undefeated Penn State because here's the thing. Once we get to the Big Ten championship game, you know, that game to me, I don't really care if Iowa's ranked three. Okay, they can be ranked 12 for all I care. Because once you win that game, a Big Ten title is a Big Ten title. You're a conference champion. That's all I really care about in that game. So I would have taken the bigger ranking on Penn State first and then taken the Iowa game later. That would have been my choice. I agree. I completely agree with you. See, it it was tough that Penn State lost their quarterback in the first half because that completely changed the game. They were up 17-3, to and they looked like they had potential to run away with that game. And from that point on, I think what they – had a field goal, and that was it. Had trouble moving the ball, and I would just kind of pick their spots, and at the end there, uh, ended up winning it. But I agree, and it almost kind of feels like, you know, I know we're not playing them for, what, three weeks? Because we got two weeks, then in Indiana, then we got Penn State. You, you're going to be down here for the Penn State game, so it's the end of October. Yep. But it almost kind of feels a little bit like that got some of the sales taken out of it a little bit like it did two years ago. When I w- or Penn State was getting ready to play us, and I think they lost to someone like the week before they played us, and it kind of took some wind out of the sails because they had potential of being unbeaten against unbeaten. Um, I want to say they lost to Wisconsin or something, um, and that kind of took some of the wind out of the sails. And you know, so let me ask I, you that: this does that change the narrative of this game for you? So, because say they're missing Sean Clifford, you know, when the game starts. Does that mean the narrative changes to where we we come instead of coming in versus a good football team and just trying to win the game where we actually have to blow them out? Uh, I wouldn't say blowout, no, because even without Sean Clifford, they're still going to be viewed as a quality team and it would be a quality win. But I think for sure, if Clifford's not there, it's got to be a win, uh, a convincing win in some facet. It doesn't have to be a 20 point win, but it has to be. We definitely look like the better team. I hope, to be honest with you, is that Clifford is ready to play. And, I mean, that's three weeks from now. He could be. So, um, in three weeks from now, hopefully they are full strength because, I'll be honest, that's going to be the best test for a team, and it's not going to leave any doubt with the voters who ultimately are going to be making that decision at the end of the year if we're going to make it in the playoff or not. See, here's here's the reason I say that to you. Because I think we can agree on this much. Since they've taken the BCS out of things, okay, the eye test is so much more important. I always say it, perception is reality, right? 
So if we're going out there and we look like this high-flying team that's putting up 50 points, dude, the people in in that room that are voting on this, that's what they're going to see. Mm-hmm. And we're going to get exceptions when it comes to if we're close, if we're on the brink of getting in. So that's why I'm wondering, like, you know what I mean? If, if we don't, if they don't have a starting quarterback there and they have a guy that has little experience there and, you know, starting the game, is that a situation where we almost have to put up style points? Probably. I mean, we're, we're still behind the gun. People still need to realize, even though I know we're trending up and some of the teams are falling apart a little bit in front of us and helping us continue to move up, we're, we're, we still don't hold our own destiny in our hands quite yet. See, I mean, I think sure. We do. Well, I, I think I, we went out and win the Big Ten and we're in. I think we okay. do hold all the cards. Yes, yes, but we have zero room for error at this point. So that uh, that's more what I'm getting at is that we no longer have any room for error. Yeah. Um, we can't afford to lose a close game uh, to a team that is a quality opponent or we can't afford to. I mean, at this point, it may even be risky to barely squeak past the team that we're viewed as probably like one of the worst things it's going to do is if we get one of these teams and we're favored by 15 or more, you know, and that may not necessarily be a fair spread. Maybe that's what they honestly believe, but we beat them by like, you know, five, six, three, four, five, seven points, something like that. That may not be viewed as that great of a win because True. honestly, at this point, everything is perception. Like you said, and I mean, the perception for many years has been the SEC has been a gold mine and, you know, that they can do no wrong. It doesn't matter if you lose to someone in your conference that has two losses and unranked. That's a quality loss. Like, it's bullcrap. You know, right. Big Ten has not had that same luxury. And moving forward, I think that Ohio State is going to have to play some near-perfect football to to really sway people to be like, okay, hey, these guys are not who started. Now, of course, you have your trolls and everything online that'd be like, oh, well, you lost to Oregon and Oregon's terrible. Like, you suck, Ohio State. And I mean, that's all we hear all the time. But people that are actually unbiased and not just trying to troll and get a reaction, if they really look, this is not the same team that played Oregon four weeks ago. It's not. It's No, it's definitely not. I can tell you that firsthand. It is not. I mean, we can go on and on, but we'll save Hold some on. of this for the next episode. Whoa, 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 whoa. Not so fast there, Chemo. All right, guys. Well, let's see. Uh, look at the time. Uh, <laughs> I got a sandwich upstairs with my name on it. I got one question, and I told you before the <laughs> podcast started, I was going to ask you, and I wasn't going to tell you about it before oh, we did Oh, I forgot it. about this. Yeah, go ahead. Shoot. So, on the presser bullets at 11 Warriors, they were talking about on how— the what? What did you just say? On the pressable? Presser bullets? Oh, pressure bullets. I was like, what? Presser bullets. Like press oh. conference? Yeah, 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 yeah. And the pressure bullets. And the pressure um, bullets. <laughs> um, Kerry Combs got the game ball after the Maryland win. I saw that. How do you feel about that? I'm okay with it. And I'm okay with it in regards to I think it's going to continue to try to get the team to meld together. Because I think the players still like Kerry Combs. I don't think the players ever had a problem with Kerry Combs. And I think that's one of the big reasons, too, why he did this willingly, because he knew it's for the betterment of the players. He likes the players. The players like him. I think doing something like this can only further help kind of, especially the defensive side, really kind of gel even more together, knowing that, hey, listen, everyone, it's all hands on deck. Everyone's kind of involved here. So I guess I'm okay with it. It's not definitely wouldn't have been my choice, but I can kind of see where they're going with it. And... I don't really have a problem with it. First of all, I'm going to have to 110% agree with you, and it almost makes me half suicidal to do that. 
but I'm going to. You back on the roof again? I'm like I'm close. Like I'm in my kid's room right now. Someone's gonna have to put a childproof lock on that window. (laughs) (laughs) But I will say this. I think that this was a smart move by Ryan Day. Exactly what you said. I think he's trying to bring everybody together. He sees this thing trending up and he's like, man, how can I bring everybody back in? How can I make this team a full team, like a brotherhood instead of a team? And because you know what, dude, those kind of teams, they win mm-hmm. with the chemistry and the and the the brotherhood. Those are the teams that win, man, aside from skills. So I think that's a brilliant move by him, dude. He's bringing everybody back in at the right time, too, at the right time. So, dude, I think it's going to really matter going forward. I really do. I think things things are on the up. We'll see how we progress. But I'm super excited about it, man. I, I really am. I'm on the same page, man. Um, honestly, uh, at this point, we really haven't had that much to disagree with. Um, but I will tend to say, at least at this point, I was a lot more right than you were leading up to this point. So, well, I mean, if you look at it that way, you're also a lot more wrong. How was I wrong? I was the <laughs> one saying, "Listen, give this team a chance." It's no, early listen, I on. I just said you were a lot more wrong than me. I didn't say you. I just said you were a lot more right and also a lot more wrong. D- agree to disagree. <laughs> well, listen, right. let's go and wrap this one up. Um, yeah. I, I, how about you? Why don't you give this one a run? Why don't you tell me where they can find us? All right. I'll tell you where you can find us. You can find us in every single media outlet that you can think of. As far as Amazon Music, you can find us on iTunes. You can find us on um, Audible on uh, Amazon's app. You can find us on uh, everywhere, pretty much everywhere. Okay, anywhere that you think that you can listen to a podcast, you can find us. We're on YouTube. We always post the videos on YouTube every week. Um, come by our Facebook page. Check out the content we have. Like I said, we're going to be posting some pretty funny stuff that you're going to get a kick out of this week, along with our podcast. And we also share information that's important to you know Buckeye football when it happens. So come by and check that out. And I'm telling you this much. We really do appreciate everybody coming by and checking out the page. We've had a lot of interest lately, and we're really all about you guys so you want to hear something want to talk about something want to address something drop us a comment it doesn't even have to be on the page if you're embarrassed to do it send us a message we'd love to address it on the show um and other than that man we we appreciate you guys we hope you keep listening every week and we're going to keep doing this whether you do or not i promise so uh with that being (laughs) said davis sign us off this piece all right guys as always go bucks oh wait 